Hey, welcome to another episode of the Brad Davidson Show. I am Brad Davidson, your host. Today, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, experience I've had, some thoughts I've had around training and some of the important variables around training to actually get what you're looking for. Uh, it was pretty cool today. Uh, one of our members at the weight room sent us a message that she had been following our program and has lost over 30 pounds. She's killing it. And the thing that I love about this woman and how she's going about it is she's actually following our advice. As a strength coach, there's a lot of things we think about when we're writing programs. And she has diligently followed the program and is absolutely killing it. I'm just, I'm super proud of her. And I want to share with you some of the reasons why I've seen her get such great results. And first and foremost, as a strength coach, when, when, we're, when you're writing a program, you're thinking a lot about your client's lifestyle, what's going on in their life. You take in a lot of variables. You don't just throw something together. Oh, I'm going to crush this person. In all honesty, it's really, really easy to crush someone in the weight room. It's probably the easiest thing to do. It doesn't take any skill set, doesn't take any knowledge to make a workout really hard. Actually, most people could probably do it if they sat down and took 10 minutes to lay something out. It gets really, really hard to create a result for someone when they're looking for it because there's so many variables that affect it. Lifestyle variables, especially stress. That is probably the biggest variable we have to work around. The more stress someone is under, and I talk about this all the time, and the reason I keep talking about it is because people don't want to believe it, but it's just the truth. The more stress someone is under in life, the less likely they are to be able to handle lots of exercise. And when it comes to a good program, the program is limited to how well your client can recover from the workout. Let me say that again. Your workout is limited to how well you can recover from it. If you do not have the ability to recover from the workout you're putting the body under, you're only getting worse, you're not getting better. And stress is a key detriment to recovery. And realistically, when I talk to people and ask people, like, what are your strategies for recovery? There are none. I use my Normatec boots. I do a cold plunge. Are you using those right? Most people aren't. Like, I love the cold plunge. I'll eventually have uh, my buddy Josh on there to talk about a cold plunge I'm in love with. But you have to strategically use it. See, if you work out and then go jump in a cold plunge... You're doing yourself a massive disservice. You're hampering your ability to recover from the workout. Because what happens, for example, when you work out, it creates an inflammatory response. That response is needed to aid in recovery from the workout, to help you get better from it. If you go from that scenario, you work out right to a cold plunge, that brings down inflammation. You just did yourself a disservice and ability to recover. Reality is if you want to use cold plunge effectively, use it before you work out. It'll create an epinephrine, norepinephrine, adrenaline response, It'll upregulate your brain, upregulate dopamine a bit, and help you train harder, be more focused, all those great things. So do it before you train, not after, if you're looking for better results. Stress is such a negative culprit to this process. People think it's all about how hard I work out and how much I work out. The harder I go and the more I do, the better results I get. But you have to remember, your ability to recover from those workouts is what dictates the response to those workouts. I continually see it over and over and over. As people are overtraining themselves and they can't recover well from it. It's a simple way to think about overtraining is you're training so much 
and your body can't recover from that training volume. So you're just slowly getting more and more fatigued, feeling worse and worse and looking worse and worse, not getting any result. So you have to effectively begin to think about how do I manage stress and how do I optimize recovery from my workouts? One of the things Megan is doing very well is she is applying enough volume to create a stress, a positive stress on her body, and she has the ability to, with how she's doing her lifestyle, how she's eating her nutrition, to recover from that so her body's responding favorably. She didn't hire us to help her look better, feel better, all those things, and we lay the plan out for her, and then she turns around and says, oh, well, I think I know more. I'm going to go do more. We're going to give you, as a strength coach, the volume that we think you can handle. We're not holding back from you. I'll give you an example with myself. The last month and a half have been horrifically hard from a stress standpoint on me. I have two gyms basically opening at the same exact time, and they're an hour apart from each other. Yesterday, I started my day at 5 a.m. in Orange County. I saw clients until 1 I jumped in my car, I drove out to Marietta, and I was out there teaching classes, working on that gym out there. I did not get home until 9.15. That's over 17 hours of a workday. I did not work out yesterday. There's no way in the world I could have handled that volume of work and the stress that came with that and then expect my body to be able to recover from a hard workout. And as a matter of fact, over the last month and a half, knowing how much volume of stress I was going to be under, I have cut my workouts way back. I've been doing one to two a week. I've been listening to my body and I'm sustaining and getting through this high stressed period. What am I doing with the free time when I find it? I am doing recovery strategies to bring my stress levels down. When I'm out at Marietta Hot Springs, I'm doing hot, cold uh, um, exposure, contrast therapy to help bring my stress levels down. I get in the hot pools and I get in the cold pool and go back and forth with that. I'm taking naps, I'm meditating. I'm reading, I'm just doing activities to downregulate my stress. What I've learned about most people, especially the people that I get to work with, high stress, high performance. We push ourselves and we thrive on stress. A lot of people I, I, I work with, and you might be the same way, think, and I'm the same person. I perform best under pressure. We like that feeling of being stressed. And, and when you really think about how the stress process works, It's a matter of life or death. It's a survival process. When you experience some type of life-threatening situation, you go into this survival mode called fight or flight. Your body upregulates itself to handle that stress. You you basically run faster, right? You jump better. Everything is more heightened. You're in a heightened state to respond at a higher level than normal. But on the backside of that, is that there's a catabolic activity going on, meaning your body is breaking itself down to upregulate you to handle that high-stress scenario. That's where you hear these wild scenarios, right? If you heard about the mom that lifts the car off her child, that is an extreme fight-or-flight response. She is so scared in such a heightened state, her body optimizes itself to be able to do superhuman things. Now, it is awesome in those scenarios when you need it. And it used to be when you're being chased by a lion or someone's coming in trying to steal your food or, or kill you. And it was very acute scenarios. We don't have those scenarios much anymore. Car accidents, 10th leading cause of death. That is an acute fight or flight situation. A few months back, I was in one of those scenarios where the the two big rigs in front of me collided. One came flipping up and I was stuck. And if it would have flipped all the way over, it would have killed me. 
it luckily it got to the peak and then fell to the side. I'll tell you what, I was feeling pretty damn good for about three hours after that experience. I was in such a heightened state. I was so cranked up because I just about died. It was an extreme life death scenario. Homicide, 15 leading cause of death in America. Those are two examples of acute scenarios, but that's not what's killing us anymore. It's these chronic scenarios. I believe a lot of us are addicted to the fight or flight response. We live in this response. We're always in a heightened state because we have to be. Life is crazy. Our work, the demands from work, our children, the demands from them, our significant others, life scenarios, moving, deaths, losses of relationships. All these things are constantly happening to us, causing massive amounts of stress. So as a strength coach, when I'm writing workouts for people, I have to figure all that out. I have to incorporate all that into the system I'm going to provide for someone, knowing that a program is only as good as the, re- as the recovery they can bring to the table. If a client doesn't have the ability to recover from it, I'm not going to give them a lot of volume. Now, if I see a client that's in a great state and I understand and I can see they can handle more volume because they can recover well, I'm going to give them more volume. Professional athletes are a great example of this. I get to work on a lot of them. When they come into the off season, these men and women are in a great state. They're not working. A lot of them have financial situations where they can afford a chef or people to make their food. They can get tissue work, body work multiple times a week. They can invest in their bodies. And what they're investing in is recovery. And my goodness, the professional athletes that I work with that invest the most money in helping their bodies recover and handle stress typically have the longest careers. Some of them are investing anywhere from 100 to 200 grand a year in just therapy on the body to recover from stress, to heal the body, to recover from all the demand on their body. Those are the men and women that have the longest careers. So when those people come in in the off season, I know that they're going to recover better than most because they have less stress and they have more opportunity and they're more educated on recovery. But here's the thing. When those people come in, guess how often I have them train? Four times a week for 45 minutes. That's what I have found to be the optimal state of volume on a person that can recover well. If you're someone like me, high-stress job, children, sports, right? It gets maddening. I can't handle four times a week at 45 minutes. On a good week, it's three. When things are going well and I manage myself well, I respond really well to three. The last month and a half, it's been one or two. Because what I've learned to understand that if I push through and I train hard through those high-stress scenarios when I don't have the ability to recover well from them, I fall apart. Mentally, emotionally, physically, my body starts looking worse. I start getting really fatigued, grumpy, irritable. And then I start relying on things like caffeine. It used to be alcohol in the evening times to calm me down. And then I start cheating sleep, trying to get more done. I came across a gentleman and I'll share more about this gentleman. Um, Potterat is his last name. I was talking with a Navy SEAL a couple days ago, and he was telling me he's into performance psychology and kind of shared this mentor with me, sent me a podcast from him. I just bought his book. <laughs> and this guy was the performance psychologist for SEALs for like 20 years, and then he was with the Dodgers for a number of years when they won the World Series. This gentleman is the psychologist for the highest performers in the world, the best of the best in all arenas. And he said the three things that people need to check themselves with that have the biggest impact on performance are sleep, caffeine, and alcohol. And what I notice, and I'm sure if most of you look inside and start thinking, as I start getting really stressed, as I start pushing too hard, as I start trying to push the limits, as things start coming down on me, those are the three things that get all jacked up in your world. 
You're not sleeping as well, so you drink more caffeine during the day and you use an alcohol at night to help you fall asleep. And your sleep's all disrupted from it. I'm telling you right now, focusing on recovery is the most important factor on getting results from your training and then controlling the amount of volume you put on your body so that it's a volume that adds a little stress because exercise is stress, but it's a stress you can recover from. So it's a use stress versus a distress. You always want to exercise in a way to make yourself better, not worse. I'm not lying to you. They say I work out three times a week on a good week. And then I'll do a lot of walking around that because walking is a great tool to bring stress down. You should strategically start to build your life around reducing the exposure of exercise you're putting on your body, thinking that's thing's going to change you, and start learning how to recover. You learn how to recover better, you can handle a little more volume, but you're going to get the results you're looking for. You can't outwork this. You can't outwork it. I'm not lying to you. I tried. I've had multiple clients try. You will get to a point where you hit so much fatigue and metabolism crashes. You're miserable. You can't function. That's why I ended up writing the book, The Stark Naked 21-Day Metabolic Reset. It was the first stage I do with people that hit that point. You got to be more strategic. Find experts. Listen to experts. Nothing is more frustrating to me than when I write a program for someone and they don't think it's enough and they think the answer is to go do more. Because it's not. The answer is to work really hard in those small windows of time that you have. I'm not telling you not to train hard. Train hard. But cut the volume of it back. Do less. Shorter time periods. Less often. And then learn how to recover. Get yourself sleeping eight hours a night. I'm going to tell you right now, this is the biggest trick in the book. You want to look great, feel great, perform great, be your best possible self, sleep eight hours a night. If you are cheating that, nothing else matters. Cut back on your caffeine. Cut back on your alcohol. Learn how to use things like therapy work, tissue work, right? Get your mind right. Get your body right. Take naps. Go for walks. Hot, cold contrast. Those types of things are really, really good for us. With my professional athletes, they will train Monday and Tuesday very hard for 45 minutes each day. Wednesday is a fully dedicated day to recovery. They're getting massages. They're taking naps, right? They're stretching. They're doing all that stuff. We train hard Thursday, Friday. And guess what Saturday and Sunday is? More focused on recovery. And here's the other thing too. The need to understand, if you still don't want to believe me and you want to train more, the more you train, the more you have to sleep. My professional athletes tend to sleep more like 10 hours a night. The more physically active you are, the more sleep you need to help your body recover from that demand of volume. So if you want to train more, I beg of you, sleep more. Eight hours a night is not enough in that scenario. It's got to be more like 10. The more physical demand you put on the body, the more sleep you need to recover from that physical demand. It is very hard to get this right. And I know my industry makes it seem very easy. Just suck it up and go hard and do more, and eat less. My God, if it were that easy, I would not have the job I have. I would not be able to work with the people I work with. Because people at my level that I'm working with, the high performers, they realize real quick, oh, shoot, uh, this isn't working. I got to change something. I'm tired. I'm grumpy. I'm irritable. I'm making mistakes. I'm not performing as well. And you can even look. Just Google how sleep affects basketball. They've done a lot of studies in basketball. 
There was one big name player, I can't remember his name, I'm not real big into basketball, but they did a study on him. And they compared the nights he slept eight hours or more a night versus the, uh, the night sleeping six or eight or less in his performance on the basketball court. And it was like two different human beings showing up on that basketball court. When he would sleep eight hours more a night, performed drastically better. When he would sleep less than eight, drastic reduction in his performance. So if you want the most from your body, the most from your, from your mind, the most from your life, start focusing on recovery. Stop abusing your body. I say it all the time. We're training the body, not beating the body. Training takes strategy. Beating the body is the easiest thing to do. I can invite anybody in the gym and within 20 minutes having them puke from the way I train them. And I will be honest and tell you that I used to pride myself on I was the guy that could make people puke and that's why people would train with me. Because back then I thought, the old school way of it's just about training them really hard. And the more aggressive I train people, the more they puke, the better they thought I was. I got pretty good at that. And I had a big following because of that. And I look back and I think how horrible of me that I did that. The only grace is I just didn't know. I bought off on what our industry tells us. And the last tip that I want to give you with this realm is exercise is stress. If you're going to apply the stress to your body, you have to allow it to go through an adaptation process to the stress. If you want to acclimate it, to get better at it. So you have to do the same program multiple weeks in a row for the full stress, fatigue, adaptation response to happen. Three or four weeks is critical. Doing the same workouts week to week over three to four weeks. The first week is going to stress the body. It's going to feel good. You're going to be heightened. The second week, you hit a fatigue state. And then the third week, you're going to super compensate from it. And you're going to get the full benefit. It's going to go from being a distress to a eustress. And now we're in a sweet spot. And then you got to change it. If you keep going, you're going to a mundane state and you'll stop getting results. That's why all these things and all these variables we talk about at the weight room and at Dynamis, these programs are built, yes, a class setting because I love the class setting. I started training in our classes and it's so fun. Just the camaraderie, the energy, the hype. It's so beautiful. I love it. But I also know on the backside of this thing, behind closed doors, the crew, we are focused on creating the best possible strategies for you to get the results that you deserve. We're not back there thinking, oh, we wanna half-ass it and only give you a little bit. And No, we wanna give you the best of everything. That's why you'll see us jump in and do it with you. Because we not only buy into it, we not only coach it, but we believe in it so much, we do it. That's exactly how we train. I think we're one of the only organizations where our coaches teaching our classes are actually doing the workouts as well because we believe in it because we know strategically it's what's right. If you want to go become a big bodybuilder or a power lifter, you, you got to go train a different way. The stuff's not for you. But even in those realms, it's all about rest and recovery. It's all about managing stress. All those things to get the best response possible. So the thing I want you to walk away from from this episode is simply this. You can't outwork this. You have to come strategic and you have to learn how to recover from the stress you're applying to get the result you're looking for. When we were 20, you can get away with anything. My God, I could stay out, drink until three in the morning, wake up at six, work out, work all day, and my body wouldn't change, it would slowly get better. But I had a ton of hormones in reserve. I wish with all my heart I wouldn't have done that because I believe in the saying, how you treat your body in your 20s is how you feel in your 40s. I don't feel so good. My joints hurt, all that stuff. 
So I still, like, with my young, I love getting young athletes because I teach them this early on. It's all they know. It's all they know. But as you get older with your training, this becomes even more detrimental because our hormone reserves are starting to lower. And over time, that just happens as part of aging. So our hormones start coming down as we get older. Stress becomes more and more of the enemy. So the older you get, the less volume you can handle, right? The more you need to focus on stress reduction and recovery to maintain the muscle mass, to maintain the body fat levels you want. It becomes a way more about strategy than it becomes about effort at that point. It's all about managing what you got. And this body that we're given is incredible. I just beg of you, start to learn how to truly take care of it versus trying to abuse it and force it to change. Another thing I don't like, last thing, and I'll stop. This whole idea of bulking and cutting. When you bulk up, you allow body fat to accumulate, you start putting on more fat cells, and you try to go cut to get lean. That's a stressful process. I don't like that because what happens, it gets harder and harder to get lean over time. My suggestion and how I work with everyone I work with is get lean first because when you're lean, your hormones are going to be more optimal, your blood sugar is going to be more stable, all those things. You'll be more efficient with, with insulin. Get lean first, then put the muscle mass on. So I do with all my pro athletes. Anybody wants to put muscle mass on, that's how we do it. There is no bulking and cutting. It's get lean, then put the muscle mass on. And it's much easier to put muscle mass on when your body fat's down because you're not putting in a body fat that's able to refuel and feed the muscle for better growth. So stop bulking and cutting. Get lean, stay lean, and put muscle mass on that way. It's a much better life. It's much more easy. It's not easy, but it's easy to maintain body composition when you get there and you hold it and you apply these great strategies of recovery. It's the recovery part that's so hard. It's how you eat. It's how you sleep. It's the strategy you do to drive the recovery. But that's where the win is. Train hard, but a lot of emphasis on the recovery so that when you do work out, you recover and get better from your workouts versus constantly getting worse.